my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris... What are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, it was my pick, and I've had this one on my list for ages, and I've not watched it. I think I've only watched it twice. I said it last week when we put the trailer on. But it, it was a film I loved, and I've kept saying to you, let's watch it. And knowing you'd not watched it up to this point, I thought, I've got to throw it in there, because this possibly could be right up Dave's street. So it's directed by Kurt Wimmer. He stars the amazing Dave, and in my opinion, the best fucking Batman. Okay, we'll do the impressions later. <laughs> Christian Bale, Sean Beam's in it fleetingly. Uh, Tay Diggs is the baddie, and we've got William Fitchner as well from Prison Break, one of my favourites. So this one, Dave, is Equilibrium from 2002. So anything about this, Dave, why you'd not watched it? or No, I mean, the title's a bit shit, isn't it, really? So, yeah. <laughs> the, the title doesn't grab me. I don't know how I've missed this at all. I mean, at the time, I wouldn't have seen American Psycho. I only saw that years later. Um, I, I, I think the first thing I saw uh, Christine Bale in probably was Batman Begins. So, yeah, I, this just completely passed me by. And the only thing I, I could say is, like, Blake was saying to me, uh, I think it was a, a year or two ago, about, you know, we should cover equilibrium at some point. So I think Blake would be happy that, that you've picked it and he, he gets to pick something else now. But um, I, I think he'd mentioned it because it had such similar kind of Matrix vibes. And I can't remember, Chris, but he may have said John Wick as well. Because yes, I was going to say the, that. Yeah, That was the yeah. biggest surprise for me coming out of this. Because, like I say, I knew it was it was kind of based on a comic. Uh, obviously, you've got Christine Bale in, but the, the gun foo stuff, I was yeah. like, oh, wow, this this way before kind of John Wick. And, and that's, I don't know, I, I assume John Wick's credited for, but it's certainly bigger, isn't it? You know, and known more for the gun foo stuff. But yeah, to see it here, and then you, you do the research and you realize, oh, yeah, yeah, it was created. You know, this was the first time anyone saw it. So... So no, that's quite iconic, and uh, obviously we'll get into what we we think about the movie. But yeah, just completely passed me by this one, Chris. But really interesting to go back. And again, I've said it recently. You know, anything that came out after '99 for for about five years, I would say everything has a shine of Matrix about it, but none more so than this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will actually contest that, David, as well. It is my pick. But uh, for me, I, I don't know how I ended up renting this one, Dave. I don't know. I think maybe just like the VHS cover. As you say, I watched this pretty close to when this came out. So I knew who Christian Bale was. I remember as a kid when we used to have stupid coach journeys from Manchester Charlton Street bus depot to fucking Benidorm, 36 hours. Someone put Empire of the Sun on. And we end up watching it on the smallest TV at the front of the coach, you know, and used to watch it. Oh, and the, yeah, the, the yeah. sound would be coming through the fucking um, 
the, the fingers. Oh, and I've got a quick story I want to tell you. That's a funny on. one. In a minute. But let me just say this. So I remember, I didn't know it was him. I didn't know it was the same character. I remember watching Batman and then reading up on Christian Bale at the time, you know, because I'd seen him in Equilibrium. And then it was like, oh, that's that kid out of this. You know, he's Welsh and, he, and everyone thinks he's American. A lot of the Americans don't believe that he's he, he's not American, but he's actually Welsh. But yeah, so so I watched it. And again, you're right. I love The Matrix. Watched that when it first came out. One of my favorite films in my top 20, 50 movies of all time. Absolutely love it. Uh, so this, it, it, at the time, it did feel like it had that matrix about it. And I must admit, going back now, watching it, say, 20 years later, I have other opinions. But I'm really interested in sort of, like, what you think and, and the different things about the movie. But, yeah, I have a quick story, right? This is fucking brilliant. This, I mean, me and you always talk off the podcast. <laughs> so yesterday, my uh, grandmother's now, she's 93, she's now in a home, right? So she she's, uh, she, you know, she... She's in this home, so I always go and visit her and, and all this stuff, as you know, Dave. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I go in, and they have the telly on, right? So you've got about seven or eight of them, and most of them are asleep at different stages of you know life. that they, they can't look after themselves. But my nan's still got her faculties where she can talk, and there's a woman next to her, in between us both, this other woman. They're up, you know, she's in her 70s watching this fucking show. And we sat there. And it's a BBC show that's just come out, Dave. And it's about a fucking hen do. And it's called something like Hen, Hen, Henageddon or something like that. It's some BBC iPlayer fucking comedy thing, right? So I'll sit there with me now and she's watching the telly and this other woman is and, you know, and she's talking to me. And then all of a sudden, this fucking Henageddon or whatever it's called, like about a hen night, the fucking these fucking dildos everywhere. The girls are fucking peeing all over. Next minute, we've got a fucking like sausage party. We've got these fucking <laughs> fake dildos firing fake fucking come out in the women's faces. I mean, Nana and this woman are going, oh, 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 oh. And then this woman, this woman goes, oh, I remember that. And I'm like, holy fuck, what am I doing? And I'm looking at the staff going. This shouldn't be on here, you know, like you're not being a prude, but I'm saying Jay from the in between us. Honestly, Dave, <laughs> there was a fucking fake bikaki party going on on this fucking hen in this thing, and the next minute, the next one of the girls gets up, starts fucking pissing in a bucket. I'm like, what the fuck oh. is this? These dildos everywhere. They honestly, and I'm like. And then, then I saw it advertised on fucking, it come up on, it must be because I, maybe I don't talk about it, it come up on the iPlayer thing on Twitter. And so everyone's underneath going, fucking rubbish this, what the fuck is this BBC, you know, and all this. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's just nothing to do with this film, you know, you just, it's just like, what the fuck is this, you know? So, yeah, I, I eventually picked the Fire Stick remote up and turned it to fucking BBC one day. I think it was fucking Crime Watch you ended up watching. This was at 10 <laughs> o'clock in the file. morning. Honestly, <laughs> right. 10 o'clock in the morning and the, and the staff are just oblivious to what's going on the fucking screen, like these fake bikaki parties. I was just like, fuck my life. I need to get out of here quick. So anyway, back to the film, Dave. We should probably get into the trailer, but there you go. Now that is a, a tangent you never expected when we were talking about <laughs> the 2002 Equilibrium. <laughs> fucking bikaki party or fake one, but anyway. Awesome. Well, on that bombshell, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. The cleric is the final line of defense. If the resistance compromises it, we are doomed.
cannot do this. There's nothing we can't do. It's real. Burn it. Cleric, I can only hope one day to be as uncompromising as you. You're a family man. Yes, sir, a boy and a girl. Disturbing rumor. Rumor, sir. A rumor maintaining that one of the cleric is actually attempting to contact the resistance. Then you know what I'm gonna do now. Yeah. Preston, give yourself entirely without incident. No, not without incident. Libria, a totalitarian city-state established by survivors of World War III, blames human emotion as the cause of war. <laughs> war. <laughs> I felt like Uncle Albert then. <laughs> you war in a war. war. <laughs> Any activity or object that stimulates emotion is strictly forbidden. Those in violation are labeled sense offenders and sentenced to death. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? I don't like your fucking tone there, David. I, I fucking, the, the, the little laugh there has just put me no, right off. The, so, they kept saying it throughout the movie, like, oh, he's a sense offender. I'm like, oh, this is all pre oh, I knew you'd you love that. Yeah. Honestly, I swear to God. When, when this is so, you know what? I fucking, there's a lot of this film I've forgotten. And I think what drew me to, to the film was the martial arts side, the gun foo stuff because yeah. of The Matrix. Because The Matrix for me was a massive. Uh, eye opener. I was just so blown away by how good that movie was. Everything about it, even to this day, it holds up so much better. Even the, the fucking sequels, it's so good. The first one we've covered it. It's, it's an amazing movie. I watch it every time. I love it. Love it. So when this came out, I don't know if I watched. I read a review in the paper or summer or on the internet saying like, you know, that this is the closest you're going to. I don't know the Matrix, but yeah, that sense offender thing. So when he's <laughs> So at the start, and the reason it's called equilibrium, I know equilibrium is a proper word, like you, your equilibrium, but it was actually supposed to be called Librium, and mm. that was the running title, but that's actually a drug. It's actually some sort of psychotic drug day for mental health, so that's mm. why they had to change it. So, um, But when you see at the start, obviously Christian Bale, fucking love, what I love in this day, the little touches is when he means business, that hair is gelled down like it's yeah. 1995 Chris <laughs> Phelps going to Manchester when he's 16 trying to be, send his 18, David. My hair was like that, slick back, everything. But when he's not, it's sort of, bit, you know, Batman-y and it. it's a bit like, you know, disheveled, still looks fucking 
uh, he still looks fucking good. He's a good-looking bloke as well. I've got I, th- to give I him think that. the dishevelled hair means he's now ten years younger, Chris. Oh yeah, we know. No, no, begins. he's got he's got a side <laughs> parting day. Oh, that's, that's the seventeen-year-old Bruce Wayne. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the curtains. <laughs> yeah, the curtains. <laughs> curtains. He's, he's seventeen only, now. He's only seventeen. <laughs> Are you fucking sure? Yeah, anyway, but yes, he yeah, looked like when you see them footballers playing, they go, "He's seventeen. You go, "Fucking no chance." He's seventeen. But there you go. Um, but he. he Genuinely, he starts, and I forgot. It's almost like a Nazi type thing, and it's a fascism. It's dictatorship that they go, yeah. and, and that first scene for me is, and I think that's what I love about this movie is he jumps through the fucking door on the door, and it's all about like percentages and everything. He knows where all the bullets are going to go, and I remember watching it, and I, I don't know why in my head I kept thinking that was like a big thing about the movies that he was so advanced, he knew where everything is going to go because he comes in the room with the guns down and then they're shooting at him and don't get him. Then it goes dark and then he just fucking takes everyone out, doesn't he? But getting back to that, so that scene goes, but it's the bit where he has a flashback after this about his missus and when they come in and they said about sex affair, I thought she'd had sense, an affair. Sense, sense I know, but I, I heard it as sex offender and and I'm, I'm like, oh shit, she's had an affair, but then she runs and kisses him and I'm just confused going, but if she's had an affair and he's he's upset, why the fuck? I didn't get it. And then all of it, and then I went online. It's like sense offender. And after that, I was like a fucking seven year old kid laughing my head off every time they said sense offender, especially now. But I did think you'd pick up on that because it did get me at first. I was like, I don't remember sex offender. What's going on? But did you know, Dave? I got a bit of trivia that his wife is not the same person in the movie. Yeah, I did see that same bit of trivia. Fuck you, Dave. You're supposed to go along with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll let you elaborate for our listeners. Oh, brilliant. No, so the the original... lady who did the the acting um alex sumner summer she's credited as vivian viviana preston but maria calzone dev i do like a calzone she's just classed as preston's wife and the execution bit so that's yeah. i didn't even pick up on that obviously quite similar in looking but uh, i love that i fucking love that you read yeah. that as well but <laughs> it's not a no yeah. retreat no surrender three no uh, dad stuntman <laughs> swap but uh yeah, yeah. But, it's weird so, that because it, it says it doesn't say that the, they had a schedule conflict. It literally says that they couldn't find her. <laughs> He's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> just passed it off. I'll get someone else in. Fucking, that is just yeah. bizarre. But what did you think then, Dave? Because I know for me, I'm probably going to come at this from a buying point of view. But what did you think? Because rating-wise, it's only a 40% of Rotten Tomatoes, which, to be honest, has really shocked me from being honest, mm. reading the critics think of it. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is one where if I'd have watched it back in the day, I think I'd have probably loved it. Uh, I don't know if... This hasn't aged as well as The Matrix, I don't think. There's something about the way it's shot and everything. Some of it feels a bit more TV movie than, you know, the high-quality... kind of Matrix sort of tint that you have to everything in in that one. I think... What shocked me initially when he goes into that room, I'm like, "Oh my god, you have you're not even Tarantino homaging something. You are literally ripping off the Matrix because it's like when the when the police come in to uh, arrest Trinity, isn't it? Yes. Only it's it's flipped around because you're you're coming from the perspective of the the authoritarian figure, so you know Preston and 
like when the lights go out and stuff, you, and, and again, the percentages, I don't care what training you've had, that's sort of bullshit. So you're thinking he's some sort of superhuman, like, yeah, he's, he's basically Neo, you know, that that's the only way, like basically uh, the whole room is firing at him. And apparently through, I'll use the quote fingers, Chris, percentages, apparently he yeah. dodge all the bullets. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I, at that point, I was just thinking, this is such a blatant ripoff. I, and I had no idea what I was in for. And then what I found interesting later on when it, when you start to get into the actual story, I was surprised about the kind of totalitarian uh, themes to it. It's very much like when we did V for Vendetta, it's like 1984. I mean, we say about fascism, right? For me, it's totalitarianism. It's basically having that figure who controls everything. Because, you know, if you, if you consider someone like, Hitler and Stalin, well, that's that's fascism versus kind of socialism. And they're, they're technically opposite ends of the spectrum, as I understand them. But but the way, you know, basically everyone gets fucked, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the common theme. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting. It did, after that, thinking, oh, this is a blatant co- copy, then getting into the story. I, w- I was in then. I was into the story. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I, I don't think the story is nothing like the Matrix. It's purely the, the action, isn't it? It is the Matrix. You know, all all we needed was Preston to go guns, lots of them. Yeah. You know, like, that's all we needed. You know, so I know kung fu. I know kung fu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I genuinely I get that that the action is very similar, and especially the shots of like the walls coming in, you know, the bullets on the walls and all that. That's very Matrix in its in its uh, delivery. And also, mm-hmm. what they said is, and you will have read this, um, is that it starts off PG because you don't see any blood. And then apparently it gets more violent because you become mm. more involved with the character. And maybe that's what's brought me along with it. But I got more of a V for Vendetta feel mm. crossed with John Wick more than I did the Matrix this time. Whereas the first time I watched it, even though just there's a few Matrix reds I've just gone on about it, I think that... John Wick has stolen a lot of this, obviously from the Matrix, but from this as well, because the, the close yeah. combat stuff John Wick does is is very similar. Keanu Reeves very similar to this. I know, obviously, the Matrix he was in that, but uh, yeah, it's weird with this because I do think Viva Vendetta. I do think it's it's got that like proper Nazi feel to it. You know, they they. I mean, I will say, Dave, he is the cleric. He's the top cleric and he's the top guy, but. The fucking guards who are with him, they're like fucking stormtroopers, aren't they? They, they can't are hit a barn door <laughs> with a fucking banjo. Absolutely useless. But John Preston is just a fucking badass. And what we're saying is, I must admit, watching it, the one thing that I really struggle with, that there's no cameras anywhere. So a lot of the things he does, mm. no one's dotting the eyes to what he does. You know, So obviously, at the start, he is the man. And then we've got this Ty, uh, Tay Diggs, his character. He's like the, the the new kid on the block. He's a bit wary of him. He's his new part, Andrew Brandt, because Preston kills, no surprise here, Dave. It was going one way. Errol Partridge is Sean Bean's yeah. character. Now, he's either a baddie, <laughs> golden eye style, but you also know that at some point he's getting killed and he yeah. does get fucking taken out by Preston, doesn't he, ultimately? Because he started to... Obviously, we find out after the first sort of um, bit where you see Preston in action with Partridge that um, 
they inject themselves with this serum stuff, which basically mm. stops them, prosium it's called, prosium 2, to stop themselves from having any emotion. It suppresses everything, doesn't it? And that's mm-hmm. why, and obviously we, we we don't know this at the time, but Sean Bean's character is actually probably a goodie, but because he's Preston's working on that side, he thinks he is, and he's upholding the law, and that's why he started having emotion as Partridge, because he's obviously stopped taking the prosium. So I did like that idea of and you know what i kept getting parallels to dave and this is bad them bunch of fucking see you next tuesdays at number 10 downing street that we've had to endure for three years the father might as well have been boris fucking wanker johnson because it was like do as i say but not as i do and that's what it was like suppress i just at the end it felt very similar to that like he was laughing in everyone's face and stuff you know he was above the law he could do what he wants we didn't see him do a lot but it just felt as if he was never taking the prosium if that makes sense but yeah. he was suppressing yeah. everyone else's so i that, agree yeah and and you're definitely right there's a bunch of fucking like say see you next tuesdays are a bunch of fucking fascists and the sooner they're gone the better yes but anyway uh (laughs) yeah when i saw uh partridge and you know old sean bean you can't ignore the fact it's sean bean and he's got a bit of the book sticking out and i'm like yeah you're dead (laughs) yeah this this is part of a long running thing where (laughs) sean bean gets killed off um what i found just a bit silly is that he's nabbed this book you're in this totalitarian state where fucking everyone's getting murdered left right and center but apparently crime is really low you know murders are really low because they don't consider that murder but he's literally in the middle of a church or something reading this book where the i mean artistically it looks great because you get preston coming in and you can see his silhouette you know, in the doorway and stuff. It looks great, but I'm thinking, if you're trying to read a book on the quiet because you will get killed, (laughs) I mean, it better be a fucking really good book, but just do it in, like, the privacy of your own home. Like, maybe in a cupboard with a torch or something, (laughs) you know? It just seemed daft, uh, the way it was all set up there. But you know the way it's going to go. And what I didn't pick up on and I, I i've only watched it this one time i didn't pick up on what was the trigger to actually stop preston taking his meds i, I, I was it was it partridge dying or or was it by accident and then he starts to feel stuff and then he he gets more kind of uh curious about these feelings is, is that what was happening no, I think what happened was he'd had a dream about his wife again because that's mm. like the and obviously he's got two children and one of his his lad is basically like you think he's one of the clerics he's like the father's fucking disciple in it he's always keeping his dad in check he goes to take the vial of prosium and then he breaks it and it smashes on the floor but um. he's had a bit of emotion before it because he's slept and he's not had his prosium he's had these feelings of emotion so usually mm. it's get up in the morning inject yourself that's all gone for another day. So obviously I think it's showing a cycle of every night. He must have these like dreams and nightmares about his wife and why he didn't do anything. And he just, cause he was there at the execution of a one. He ultimately, I mean, he took a couple of the guards out when they came for the sense offender, but, <laughs> but then you think like his son and his daughter. So you've got this going on, but then once he did that, he felt emotion. And, and I will, I will be honest. I and mean, that took about 40 minutes. The movie runs at one hour, 47. It was a long drawn out process to get to this but once he basically didn't have one vial of that stuff and his son's going you need to have a vial you know it's broke blah 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 he sees it's broke 
he literally spirals in the space of a couple of hours then, don't he? He's, he's on like a, a raid with Brant, his new partner. And I mean, the bit with the dogs, he makes me pissed because I'll be honest with you, I did watch couple of bits at 1.25 because they had a bit of a scheduling thing and when the dogs are getting shot and his fucking head's going he looks like he's got a fucking nervous twitch he's just going oh oh <laughs> oh oh no no and then they give him the dog don't they and then you see like on a couple of raids that he's taking evidence i mean at the start they burn the fucking mona lisa at yeah. one point you know what i mean he's yeah. buried under the fucking floorboards and that so you've got these things going on but i will say it does accelerate very quickly, this mm. bout of conscience and emotion that he gets. But I, I think it's quite slow for about 40 minutes. But once that happens, I loved the movie. I'll be honest with you, Dad. I really, really mm. enjoyed it. I loved the, the action. The, the violence is fucking brilliant. And as the movie goes on, as I said before, it just gets worse and worse and more gory. But the, again, it's unbelievable because apparently uh, Kurt women were saying that everything in the movie is, was all stuff that was available. There's no, like, it's not set, I know it's set in 2072, but there was nothing they used that wasn't, like, guns that were available. Mm-hmm. There's no wires for the jump moves and that. It was all done on trampolines and that. There's no, like, special effects like that. It was all sort mm-hmm. of quite practical. So I, I did like that, but I do, I think Brand. The only thing I'd say, Brant's this up-and-comer, isn't he? And he, you can yeah. see he's wary of him. He's doing to Preston what Preston's just done to Partridge. Mm-hmm. And he's got the book. He's picking things up and he's looking at things. He, he then goes into the evidence room. And this is the only thing I think for me I had a problem with. He's like, it's not saying that they're in this futuristic world. And I think that's what the director, that Kurt Wimmer was saying, was he didn't want that because it would have sort of the plot holes. But there is plot holes because it's like, all these guards are getting massacred by Preston when he's on raids with him. And no one's going, well, you're the only one alive. It's yeah, just, it's weird. He's <laughs> only at the end that they go, hang on a fucking minute, you know, but he's doing all these <laughs> things all of a sudden anywhere. He, he, he's like, he, he takes the guards out and all that. And he's looking and I, I loved all that. I do I love it when he's pulling guns out of his fucking sleeves. He's doing different things. I, I, I really bought into that gung fu thing. I must admit. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned about the dog, you know, so when they're slaughtering all the dogs and he, he's kind of, he's almost waking up, isn't he, at that point? And then they hand him the cuddliest, fucking cutest puppy. <laughs> and so I, nice, I literally, yeah. Chris, I said out loud, I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, there's no way he can kill the dog, surely. And um, yeah, yeah, the fact that they kind of let him go off, it just... I wasn't sure about that. But for a brief tangent, Chris, coincidentally, last week, I ended up watching Killing Fields. Now, I remember my mum and dad watching it. It wasn't something I was going to be into or anything. But I remember them talking about it a little bit and being a bit traumatized by it because it was all like the stuff in Cambodia. It was all Pol Pot, so another totalitarian government. And I ended up going down a rabbit hole of watching documentaries of what actually happened and stuff. And one of the things that they were talking about was the the kids. They they would turn the kids against the parents and basically make them kind of snitch on them. And so I found it fascinating that in this movie, you know, again, one of those complete coincidences, I end up watching a movie where essentially the son you know, snitched on the mother. And you're thinking at, at some point he's going to turn his dad in as well, aren't you? That's that's the way I'm, I'm thinking it's going. And then plot armor, just he just doesn't later. He becomes good and doesn't take his meds either. But uh, yeah, I, 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 so they, they've taken the things that we know 
from these kind of oppressive governments and and just you know created this kind of fictional world but it's all based on on real stuff but i agree with you i think it's almost a, a movie of two halves isn't it i think it apart from that very first action scene i think it takes a long time to get going and then Let's talk about some of the iconic scenes. So when he stood in the middle of the stormtroopers, I mean the soldiers, uh, and, and they're all, you know, he, he he gets the butt of his gun, and then they, they there's these yeah. little things yeah. that come out. That there's something off about that scene. I need to go there back is. and watch. No, it there again. is. It's I, like I, I'm on my hands up. There is because he doesn't like he's even hitting him, does he? It's just like no. it's like he's doing a kata thing in karate, and they're just like going along with his, his moves. I get it. He's so choreographed that bit. I'll be honest, it is. Yeah, it's honestly, Chris. It is like a Steven Seagal demonstration it's yes, like one of those yes. bullshido things where, it, where you get some <laughs> old them, guy yeah. and he just he uses the force to take someone down yeah, the power of water <laughs> yeah fuck <laughs> off i agree i do agree with that hold my hands up i do yeah i, I just thought it, it was just mad and it, it went on for way too long so i, I thought I thought to myself, right, looking at this back in the day, I'd have probably lapped all of that up. But now I, I just thought it looked slightly ridiculous. However, when it gets later on and they're doing the gun foo stuff, I think that holds up really well. Yeah, I do. And, and, and yeah, you know what? I didn't know whether to bring that up because I thought Dave's going to fucking. I, I was the same because he's like on the gun, he's like, it's like he pulls out some like the. the the head of nails or something in it, isn't it? And they've all got guns. And that felt John Wick, though, to me, Dave. So I said mm. to you, the first John Wick for me goes down as an absolute classic. I was watching that bit again. I love the bit of Aurelio when he fucking, you know, and he, he, Vigo's son comes in and he's like, you know, I need new plates. And he's like, do you kill him? Do you kill the guy? And he's like, no, we got his dog. And he fucking cheered. I love all that. And the guy's going, you, you struck my son. And he's like, yeah, well, you know. He, uh, he, he killed John Wick's dog and stole his car. I stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. And he goes, oh. And he's like, oh, we're fucked now. You know, so it was all, I don't know. It's just, I've gone off on the right tangent there, Dave. But but yeah, that bit, it does feel John Wick, but it's really weird because he's not hitting. It feels like one of the martial arts movies we've watched where the choreography just like <laughs> misses a step. You know, if the camera's not right, it doesn't look like they've hit him. But yeah, the, the, from there with the story, Brandt has completely like, he's onto Preston completely. He knows they've had a bit of a, conjecture and they'd have different things and then what happens is he meets this girl who we realize is partridge's fucking girlfriend to do this underground and um you know what's really strange the most random fuck it at this point so she ends up getting captured and she's about to be executed and he ends up jumping on top of her and i thought oh my god he's gonna fucking slip her one here the way that got a bit intense and he gets off the table he's he sort of um he's in this room <laughs> And there's Brian Connolly, who is currently in EastEnders. He's the librarian <laughs> who gets fucking levered by Christian Bale. And, he's, and he realises, he goes, why are you scared? Because obviously he doesn't know he's not taking the prosium. Brian Connolly don't know this. Fucking levers him, looks at his bus, he looks at his bookshelf, throws him through it. And there's the underground. So the underground is literally <laughs> under the fucking temple where they all fucking work. The father is, everything. And then we met <laughs> William Fitchner. And that's when he starts telling him around the table and she's going to be executed. And then he, he tries to get there, doesn't he, before the executor. And um, obviously she ends up being executed, unfortunately. Like, you know, you think he's going to save and he's legging it. But like, I, that's when I kept thinking, 
Why is there no fucking cameras? Because he's fucking <laughs> caning it, isn't he, down these fucking corridors to get to like yeah. the inferno where she is, the inferno and that. He's, he's, he's got his hair's proper slicked down. He's definitely got the Christian Bale, Batman Begins haircut. Um, but yeah, he's married to Kathy Beale now in EastEnders Day with a little grey beard he's got. But you, anyway. You know what I, I got a feel of though, Chris? It's sort of coming. When, when, he's, when he's trying to save her, I got the feel of like, where is she? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it was like yeah. that? It was when he was going to save her, like. I do, I do, yeah, and I agree because I do think this is his rehearsal for Batman. They must, Christopher Nolan must have seen him in this and gone, he's yeah. the right guy, the emotion, everything. I think Christian Bale is the outlier in this movie. I think everyone else plays it by numbers. I think his emotion's good. I think the story is that the, the plot holes all over the fucking show. I will, I'll be honest with you, but I think he's great in it. I think he really, really does play the emotion and he carries the movie. It's just unfortunately. I think maybe Sean Bean should have been the baddie because the guy who put, who's the main baddie, the father as such, he's fucking bobbins. He looks like he works in a fucking office doing admin or something. He's not a fucking <laughs> yeah. baddie, is he? You know, Christian Bale's this chiselled guy. I know the same height, but it's just it doesn't fit for me. But yeah, so that bit's when it all unravels, and then it's like Brant. He comes out after she's dead and he's there crying on the step. He comes out. Everyone's just walking past him like the Matrix, I suppose, mm-hmm. Dave, when they're all there, you know. And then you've got the outliers like Trinity, aren't you, and Neo and all that sort of thing, Morpheus. And, and he's crying. And But then so this guy, this cleric, John Preston, has been the Terminator on steroids. Nobody can touch him. Like you said, the, you know, the Matrix, Neo, nobody can touch him. But Brandt just comes over and one arrows him knocks him clean out yeah. and then he's arrested in he and it's like but then he switches it because he's telling the father he's going to infiltrate like the underground and he goes he's here and when there was a bit when a load of people got executed and the guy who kept nodding at him you know he was like part of the underground who, mm. who was part of the rebels that's the director Kurt right, right. so he's nodding at him like that and then they all get executed but he did the old switcheroo and gives him his gun doesn't he yeah. so he's got yeah, his yeah. and that sort of unravels but again so you accept that twist Brant then gets taken off and what I would say if they've got this no emotion thing Brant's character Tay Diggs has got a lot of emotion in his delivery he's laughing I he's thought devious. that as well yeah, yeah it, it's very strange because Christian Bailey's very robotic almost like a Terminator only speaks when he needs to. He's got the dialogue. But Big Diggsy's character, Brant, he's very like laughing and joking, and he? he's too jovial at times. And you think, well, mm. if you're putting yourself with that vial. But my favorite bit of the movie, Dave, I'll be honest with you. So when this has all happened, obviously, he gets away, he goes back to his house is when he goes, because he's been putting the vials behind a mirror, which there was a hit squad come to raid his house and didn't actually look at the mirror in the toilet. They let Preston walk through as they're doing a shakedown on his house looking for contraband. And he's allowed to go in his toilet, shut the door, take the mirror off, yeah. pull the vials and then he's <laughs> that's bullshit i'll give you that if a police is doing a shakedown you don't they won't let you in the house would they in the apartment they'd be like you can stay there but they let him in but then his son comes in so at this point his son has been so robotic so you know you can see he's a disciple of the father and then it comes to pass that he goes you're not very good at hiding this and i'll be honest with you there i don't know why i got proper goosebumps at that bit mm. I thought, oh we are gonna see some fucking action and he's like how long <laughs> and he went since my mum and he went and then he says the sister's name and he went she's the same and they've hid it so well that they've not been taking it because they know he needed to take it and he was making sure he took it and then he's like you know what i've got to do and he went yeah 
And I, honestly, Dave, I don't know what it was. It gave me goosebumps that, like, proper. <laughs> I was like, here we fucking go. And and honestly, the end bit for me is fucking amazing. I don't think there's much of a fight at the end. Brandt sort of gets disposed of pretty easily because you mm. think we're having this big fucking showdown, don't we? Like, proper coming together. And it's over pretty quick. But leading up to that bit, the kung, the kung fu stuff, where the, the, I love when he's putting the fucking chambers, the bullets back in the chamber and everything so quickly and he's doing it all. Yeah. Oh, it's very, very well choreographed and executed. I really, really enjoy the end bit of the movie. Yeah, I think the the takeaways from this for me are definitely, you know, this is all pre-Batman. And you're looking at this and you're thinking, yeah, this guy, Christian Bale, he's, he's going to do something pretty big. You know, he's definitely the star of the show, not just because he's the main protagonist, but I think he does step out. You know, he does stand out from everyone else. I, I kind of agree with you from the Sun perspective, but on the other hand, I'm sort of thinking... Yes, it's slightly unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> you know, kids cannot hide their emotions at all, um, and it's shown no signs of that whatsoever throughout the movie. And you know, the kid sort of came across like he was going to shop him. So I think, yes, I think yes. that's why it felt so good that you realise, oh no, they're all on the same side, and he's going to take fucking names now. Um, but the other thing to take away is definitely the gun fu as well. And you have that cool, again, another Star Wars reference, I guess. You've, you've almost got the opposite, haven't you? Because he's got this all-white suit, but yes. all of the stormtroopers are in black. You know, yeah. black kind of uh, motorbike helmets and everything. So, yeah, I thought the action scene was great at the end. When... They did when he switched the guns and he kind of framed Brandt. I did think, you know, the the main kind of baddie. They all just swallowed it a little bit too easy, and I thought yes. oh, this is a bit of nonsense. But then it, you get the the double double cross, don't you? You get the the second twist to it that he was he was sort of set up, but that was all just before the the it all kicked off. So yeah, finished off I, I think really well, and some absolutely iconic kind of action scenes at the end there there is and and, and two last things before we get into the reviews well dave and i agree very cinematography brilliant you've got to watch this on a big screen uh if you can you know it will be in, it's not in the cinema obviously but you know what i mean it's worth the full surround sound i'll put your headphones on because i think it's really good like the sound of it but obviously at the start we've got dominic purcell dave and the building was one of the actors yeah, isn't yeah. it at the start link the sink one of my favorite tv characters of all time prison break fucking love that character Obviously in Blade Three, killer in Blade Blade Three, Blade Three, yeah, he's been in a few other things, and then obviously you've got Sean Pertwee who plays Mm. father, but then the 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 twist is it's not him, is it? It's yeah, um, yeah. Who's the guy? Is it David Hemmings? Is is it Proctor? I think he's called whoever it is. Whoever it is, it's the guy he fights. Oh no, sorry, it's Angus McFadden and Vice Council Dupont, and he's actually the father. It's all a big front, and it's a bit like Wizard of Oz. But Dupont has shown nothing. He's a political figure in this movie and the one thing I wanted Bran <laughs> and him to go to the death and literally he gets the katana knife comes along and he's like I'm going to be having this for years and fucking Preston just takes him three moves cuts the front of his fucking face off because you get that whole thing where his face slides down and he's dead and you're like well what's the fucking point of this is he was he just a weasel was he all taught obviously he was all taught because Preston's done him oh no 
Dupont steps up like he's fucking Chuck Norris from nowhere with no context <laughs> in any of the movie that he's like, because um, the guy who runs the underground, William Fitchner's character, he says, I was like you. So I was sort of expecting him, Jürgen, I was expecting, Jürgen, sorry, I was expecting him to be like come into his own, you know, start taking mm. names and all this, but he doesn't. They infiltrate him and they, they pretend to get arrested by Preston, which unravels all this. But yeah, Dupont from nowhere is on the same level. He's basically Agent Smith from nowhere and just starts fucking giving Preston as good as he gets. But again, that was a it's a very quick fight. But you know, he he, he gives him the best fight. But ultimately, Preston just these leagues above them all, isn't he? You mentioned about William Fitchner playing Jurgen there. Of course, that's another Batman link, isn't it? He was in Dark Knight. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, with Heath Ledger, who's in the uh, bank at the beginning. So yeah, another Batman reference. Maybe you saw, maybe Christy, uh, maybe Christopher Nolan saw him <laughs> in this as well, and thought, "Ah, you're the, you're the kind of guy who I need as a bank manager." You know, Chris, I think this needed to take something from those classic kung fu movies, where even if you've not seen the main big bad in action, you get some kind of clue before that. Yeah, you Enter know, the so Dragon or whatever. Enter yes. the Dragon, you Perfect. see, and take down, uh, what, what's his name? Williams? Uh, it's Williams, isn't it? Williams, yeah. Yeah. So and so you see, and Williams is pretty handy, but Mr. Han can fucking take some names as well. So you've seen something earlier in the movie that plants that seeds thing. This guy is a badass, and, and, you know, we don't have to see him much, but we know, you know, when it comes to the final fight with Bruce Lee, that it's it's going to be epic. Or yeah. even if uh, sometimes you see the the big bad and he's doing some sort of training. What was the one we watched? Deathstalker two. Yeah, you know, yeah. the main guy there is he's got sparring partners, hasn't he? So that that's leading up here. You're right. Dupont just has nothing. Just out of nowhere, this fucking politician is also fucking nails as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ridiculous when you say that, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's like it's Rishi no Sunak is is going to spring into life like fucking Yoda. Yeah, just start <laughs> taking everyone out. Yeah, you know, you're right. Honestly, I, I completely agree with you. It's um, it, it it doesn't add anything to the movie really. That bit it should have been Brandt. He was the one who was doing the same job as him, and it was sort of like, yeah, he's you know, if the punter said actually. Brant's my fucking protege, you know, you, you, you basically, you're fucked. I'd buy it. And then Brant just does the usual shithouse thing that, um, not Brant, uh, DuPont does the shithouse thing that when Preston's on his ass, he's just defeated Brant within an inch of his life and they're both about to die. He comes with the old gun and gives him a shot in the arm or shoots him in the arm and it sort of evens it up and then it's a sort of a bit of a back and forward and then all of a sudden Preston pulls a fucking gun or some fucking... A knife out of his shoe or something, you know, then knows you know some of the freestyle and does the old fucking slit the throat. I'd have bought that, but I just yeah, that bit was just very strange and I forgot it to be honest. But I do like the fact that it unravels. Again, stormtroopers, when everyone then in this dystopian world, everyone then decides, fuck it, we're, we're doing a coup. Let's go and get them when they see that all the TV screens go off because Christian Bale, I love that he's doing that crossover where he's shooting the TVs and that, and obviously the the, the father then goes and then you see all these like explosions and these kids smiling aren't they because they know what's going on but then everyone just starts taking out all the guards the guards have just got like bike helmets on can't shoot nobody none of the normal people get killed every single trained professional guard who's a marksman just gets taken out and it's and that's obviously he's crying then christian bailey's got the white on to symbolize that he's basically you know they've 
freed everybody from this and then it goes off. But yeah, it's a very, very quick ending as well, I must mm. admit. Yeah, I, I do think it was a, a quick ending. Uh, no no sense offenders <laughs> puns there. <laughs> I've uh, done that a few times, but anyway, go on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, almost, it almost sets up a sequel, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, you've overthrown this government, but as we see in Star Wars, Chris, it, that's not the end of it. So I, I think they could have expanded on this one. But yeah, definitely. So Bale got this, apparently, from uh, the director seeing him in American Psycho. And I think it's, it's got to be the same thing. This, this yeah. is definitely his audition for Batman. We can cycle. We're gonna to have to. I, I keep saying I'm gonna cover that. Fucking, I love that. I've still got it on DVD. American Psycho. Fucking hell. I, I tell you, it was very, very close, Chris, to to my pick next. Yeah, but I am gonna go a, a different way, but it's sort of tangentially to this one, I would say. Good work. So, Dave, shall we get into our scores? Let's go. <laughs> So as you can tell, Dave, I must admit, first 10 minutes, I was like, I don't remember a lot of this, you know, but once once I got into it, and I, and I will genuinely will watch this again, I really enjoyed it, and I, I've left this far too long. I think it's just, it's the kung fu stuff, you know, and I love that. It's almost superhero at the end, that sort of, when his son mm. does the old... You know, it's a bit like a Rocky movie for me. And I love them sort of twists where they're down on the look. They think they're going to fucking, they can't win. They can't do anything. And then something happens, you know, an Adrian speech type thing is what his son basically does. And then he goes, right, let's fucking go. I'm, I'm ready. I'm back in the game. You know, like, like, like almost Batman, you know, the Dark Knight Rises gets yep. a kicking off Bane, has to go and fucking jump on a fucking, out of a, get out of a prison because he broke his back and everything. Out of the and desert part of Goth, just outside Gotham. Outside Gotham, yeah, the <laughs> desert part of it, Dave. Yeah, that one as well. Uh, but I love them sort of twists in a movie where, you know, they're downtrodden, they can't think, and then they come back. I know it's a it's a movie DNA thing, but it's what I love. It's it's not something that's new. So I really enjoyed this, and I, and I really, really do like the, the fighting, and that's brilliant, other than that weird John Wick scene, which is really off with the, with the pistol whipping everyone and they're all around him uh, so for me Dave I'm going to put it to Pleasantville I think it's a, a good movie it's not top tier but it's one of the movies that I've always held in such high regard despite the reviews and there is holes and, and there is faults in it but Christian Bale just drags this along just by star quality for me and I completely get and respect that this definitely led on to Batman and that's why I think I like it as well so yeah good good movie for me what about you Dave we usually mention the the budget and stuff as well. Now, weirdly, the way this is reported, it says it, it, is weird, it was yeah. a budget of twenty million, and it got a box office return of five point three million. Now, obviously, that that you would say that's a box office bomb, but I see in part of the other trivia, I, I, I can't join it up because what they're saying is it did so bad domestically, so in the US. Because it had already made its money back from showing it abroad. So overseas, it, it made all its money, and they didn't want to turn a profit into a loss. I'm don't like, is this some out. sort of weird fucking tax yeah. write-off or something? I, I don't know, but you know, just looking at the box office numbers, it, it did pretty badly. But I think because this is three years after The Matrix, we say like the theme to it, the story, like if you made that today it wouldn't look like the matrix 
No. You know, but the music, the way it's shot, certainly that opening scene that, that was basically the, the Trinity scene, uh, you know, utterly iconic, uh, you know, and just copying that, it, it just straight away gave me massive Matrix vibes and, and like I say, the music as well. But it was like a, it was like a Beowulf copying off Mortal Kombat type ripoff music. It, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as the the music in the Matrix. I think the first half of the movie is very by the numbers. It's like 1984, you know, done in this stylized way, you know, but but basically stylized to the Matrix. So again, complete copy. The action in the second half of the movie, I agree, it gets a lot better. The the bit where he's he's whacking everyone on the head with the butt of his gun, I find ridiculous. But it's probably the one scene that I will go back to just to watch yeah. again to amuse myself. Um, the gun fu stuff definitely one of the the takeaways from this money uh, movie, not money. Um, Christine Bell's performance, Sean Bean's fucking lemming. <laughs> performance his standard lemming performance that he puts in there i i think there's there's plenty of good in this as well but i i didn't grab me as as the same as you i i think just because i've watched it once and because i'm watching it for the first time in 2023 i just i just saw the it's it's like a knockoff it's like a poundland matrix yeah Ma- matrix crossed with v for vendetta or 1984 or something I so, think yeah, so. yeah, I think I think for me it's right in the middle. It's it's an El- uh, not an Elm Street. It's a uh, Hill Valley for me. Oh no, Dave, I'm I'm still glad you enjoyed it because you've never seen it, so that's good. I actually bought it, Chris. So it's another one of those. I always have a quick look. You know how much of these because it costs you three fifty to rent out, or sometimes like so for this it's three ninety nine to buy. Yeah. So I thought I'll I'll have I'll roll the dice because I've I've got a feeling I'll watch this one again and I I will definitely watch this one again, but yeah, three ninety nine bargain. Oh, good good work. And uh, also, Dave, can you just bear in mind it is your pick next week, and I've gone quite nicely with you this week. You know, just just bear that in mind for your pick. So, uh, what are we going to be reviewing next week, Dave? Well, Chris, I, again, I said it's tangentially. Uh, related, I did mention about watching Killing Fields. I, w- I do want to pick that. I mean, it, it's it's not one w- that we'll be able to laugh at that much, but I, I'm sure we'll find something. But uh, it made me think of one of my favorite mid-80s Vietnam movies, Chris. Now, if I said to you, I bet you're the kind of guy that would fuck a guy in the ass and not even have the goddamn courtesy to give him a reach around, what would you be thinking? I've gone in the wrong search engine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, have I? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe it's less iconic for you. So, Chris, this is the 1987 war drama film by Stanley Kubrick, and it is Full Metal Jacket. Now, let's get into the trailer. What well, legend? He's the cliche American <laughs> sergeant, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Any American fucking army film. Some of his sledges are legendary, oh, though, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I think he was a proper army drill sergeant. Yeah, you know? I think so. I okay. think you're right. Oh, June. 
Charlie's hit every major military target in Vietnam and hit them hard. And I mean, it words, is slightly horrendous as well, this movie. We're all <laughs> yeah. going to have to take a fight. A lot of it was filmed in London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Baldwin was in it. One of the Baldwins. If you know down there. This is a slaughter. Is this bit at the end where they're in all the buildings? It's in London then. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> wow. I've not watched this for years, Dave. I used to watch it a lot. It's one of my brother's favourite movies. He'd always put this yeah. on. I, um, I'd love this one. I mean it is it is horrendous uh in certain bits, and then there's some like dark humour in others, but I mean Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't know if he was in anything before this, but what a performance from him. So yeah, if you've not watched it for a while, I'm looking forward to what you what you think. And I, I, it's one that's in my regular rotation, so I, I kind of know probably already what I'm going to think about it. But watching it with that critical eye, that that's you know always a bit of a different experience. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. So massive thank you to everyone, uh, as always, for all your support, guys. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. If you do support us, please get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. And a massive thank you to everyone who supported the podcast, past and present. We really, really appreciate it, guys. Honestly, thank you so much for all you do for us. Uh, so today's roll call of honor is. And a big thank you to Lee, Helen, Stephen, Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Matt, Heath, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Math, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your help and all your support. We really appreciate it. Now, Dave, before we go, a bit of breaking news. I've saw this last night. I've heard nothing about this, so it might be something you already know about. But apparently there's a new movie out called coming out in the first of December called The Bike Riders. Have you heard of it? No. Right, so... The only reason it, it pricks my interest was on the 31st of August, they did like a bit of a, a preview of it. Now, it stars Austin Butler, who has just played Elvis in that Elvis movie. Mm. Jodie Comer, obviously the big actress now from the, the UK. She's a Liverpool lass, I think, isn't she, Dave? Um, Mr. Tom Hardy, Michael Shannon, mm. Norman Reedus out of uh, The Walking Dead, to name a few. Yeah, but yeah. apparently... It's 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 based on a book, but from the screenings, the saying it's very similar to the Goodfellas. I don't know how you get yeah. to that thing, but the same for the level of the movie, and it's supposed to be from the first screeners, unbelievable. So let's see. I don't know where it is. I'm just throwing it out there because I've heard nothing about this movie. It's the first I heard of it last night on a few articles. I mean, that is a high bar if you're going to compare something to Goodfellas. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, one of the other ones on my shortlist, Chris, was like Casino. Scarface was to go a little bit down the gangster route as well. But like I said, I decided to go down the, the kind of Vietnam route. Yeah. No, honestly, I think it'd be something different because we haven't done anything like that a lot have we like war films we've not really done a lot of no so, and of course she had i think platoon was the year before this never it, seen that you know i see uh, didn't we do missing in action too i mean it's slightly <laughs> ridiculous sort of chuck norris thing but uh <laughs> i mean that, do. <laughs> that's one of my fucking uh, links that day not you you're the sensible one who goes what they don't missing in action too not if we don't missing in action too have we yeah, we did. I'm sure we did. Um, 
even appeared in our uh, 12 nights of VHS, Chris. Oh, I think it did. You did. It's the one with the... Yes, we did. It's the I picked it, the one with the rat, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rat and the... um, My pick? What a dick. Also, the, the Australian guy getting... Getting shocked because he yes. he thought he's he's getting tricked, but uh, that that for me was the horrendous bit of that movie. But Chris, oh no, I no, Dave, I've got one last thing to say. <laughs> one last thing to say to you, Dave. Um, what are you going to take us out with today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is so, no uh, fucking yeah. quotes, but anyway. <laughs> so, Chris, the, the only thing that is not great, but the only thing I could see is an exchange between Brandt and uh, John Preston. And I think this is where we could really see the early incarnation of Bruce Wayne or Bruce Wayne slash Batman because Brandt says to him, always practicing cleric, maybe that's why you're the best. And John Preston says, maybe I'm just better. <laughs> Dave, I'm always wanky, so I'm always practicing. So you're right about that. You do get back with me. Yeah, I'm not. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks to all our listeners and supporters, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. One ring to go. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you can find something. ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six hours. I must break you.